Hello everybody, you're listening to the Rude Horror Podcast, I'm Marcus Rude, and I'm back with a solo episode this time around, and uh, you notice I kind of kicked the show off differently with a different song. If you've seen this movie, then uh, you'll recognize the song, and if you haven't seen this movie, I definitely recommend you checking it out before listening to this episode. You can watch it for free on Tubi, and I believe it's also free on Vudu. But back to uh, the little intro song. Um, oddly enough, uh, I watched the Arrow video version of this release, and uh, the main music or the main menu music was uh, Heaven Help Us by Beverly Bremers. And it's just in a loop. It goes in a loop on the menu. And uh, so I, it just kind of got stuck in my head. And uh, this is the song that plays at the very end of the movie. But it's it's very much the theme song, so to speak. And uh, I just thought, well, hey, I'm going to uh, see if uh, Beverly is on social media and whatnot. And... Uh, I, I end up getting in contact with her, and she gave me permission to use the song on the episode. So just want to give a shout-out to Beverly for letting me use the song in uh, in the Crazies episode. And uh, just from briefly talking to her, um, I asked if you know she had more involvement in the movie, and apparently she didn't. They just contacted her to... Uh, you know, use the, the music in the movie, and that was pretty much it. So uh, it would have been cool to, to uh, hear if, you know, she had a little bit more involvement with the movie because uh, you don't really get to hear about her too much uh, as as to tie in with the film. So um, I guess it is what it is. But uh, nonetheless, I thought it was very cool for her to uh, let me use the music. And for the uh, Rude Horror Music Corner, this episode, I will be playing her song entirely at the end. So uh, stick around. Hopefully you guys stick around for for the whole episode. So The Crazies, 1973. This movie was also known as Codename Trixie. And pretty much this film was uh, a bombshell, not a success. Uh, but you know, later on, it it becomes a cult classic. But at the time of release, this film didn't do so well in the box office. It actually lost a lot of money, and uh, the budget was two hundred and seventy thousand dollars, and it only made a hundred and forty three thousand. I mean, uh, close to a hundred and forty four thousand in the box office. So it lost a lot of money. And uh, to try to uh, save the film, uh, one of the producers, I believe, uh, kind of redid everything and renamed it Codename Trixie to try to help uh, save the film. Maybe it was more enticing than they thought for the name-wise. And... uh, so they had changed everything like uh the the posters the the ads i mean just all the promotional stuff 
they they tried changing everything and uh that wasn't enough so you know really they lost i think more money doing it that way and uh you know it's just very unfortunate so uh you know it's it's still the crazies but uh i think in some parts of the world it's known as codename trixie and uh it's it's very unfortunate but uh i guess that's just how cinema is and uh this film kind of fell into uh romero's three releases that uh i guess were pretty underwhelming right after uh um night of the living dead like there's a there's always vanilla and then uh season of the witch and then the crazies were kind of those three experimental if you will kind of films and uh i will say out out of those three films the crazies is probably the the strongest and uh it really uh just and you know i'm sure people have probably mentioned this but it really uh kind of sets the formula for uh dawn of the dead with just uh the interaction with uh the military and just kind of the whole setup of the movie kind of feels like dawn of the dead in a way and 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 that's a good thing because dawn of the dead is probably uh as far as horror goes my favorite film of all time and uh and this also kind of has like a little uh, Day of the Dead, uh, I want to say feel to it, but uh, you can definitely see some of the influences that they put into Day of the Dead from this. And, uh, you know, of course, Richard Liberty is is uh, well known for his role in Day of the Dead, uh, the, uh, the doctor working with Bub. Uh, he plays in this movie as well who plays uh Lynn Lowry's dad. And so uh you know it's really cool to uh to see him in this and um I guess like kind of like uh the setup for like Day of the Dead, how I can compare the crazies and Day of the Dead is the uh the interaction between the military and the and like you know like the the health workers, the the doctors and whatnot, and just seeing them kind of be put in a similar scenario. I mean, it's not to a T, but, uh, you know, you can really just kind of see uh, just when you watch the crazies, just the dialogue between, between each other interacting and, uh, and yeah, so I, I think the, uh, the story is is pretty interesting uh and i also think it's kind of ahead of its time because something like this could totally happen and uh it wouldn't really i, I really wouldn't put it past uh the military and the government uh having something like this already and who knows, they might have already had something like this way back in the 70s or even earlier. Who knows? But, uh, 
yeah, it's very interesting to uh, to think about, I guess. But uh, the the plot of this movie, if you've never seen it, it uh, it it kind of follows a, a group of people in a small resident American town that uh, accidentally becomes <clears throat> becomes a uh, Infected by a military biological weapon, uh, an aircraft crashes in this town and uh, has some biological weapons in it and contaminates the water. And when the uh, people of this city are drinking the water, or, uh, I guess bathing or however they're in, uh, inducing the water, you know, intaking the water. There's something in the water that makes people go crazy and do crazy things and try to kill each other. And so the military comes in to basically quarantine the town so it can't spread any farther. And by quarantining, they uh, pretty much have to kill everyone who is infected, so to speak. And uh, so the film sort of revolves around the small group who is not infected or at least starts out not infected and uh, just watching them go through uh, their situation of how how they're going to make it out of here alive. I think that was sort of uh, the end, not really end game, but that was the... The whole idea is, are these characters that we are getting invested in following along, are they going to make it out of this uh, crazy scenario? So before I get into the film a little bit more about uh, talking about the scenes and whatnot, um, I just want to say uh, this film is, is not Romero's greatest, but... I feel like this movie can be appreciated for uh, more or less the story and uh, the situations and uh, just the time that this film was made and uh, just different pieces of this movie are, are really good. Uh, you know, like uh, the kills look great and uh, I definitely think this was uh, uh, a blueprint for... Uh, the direction that George wanted to go with uh, Dawn of the Dead. I, I really can see uh, just little bits and pieces of this film that, you know, would kind of help shape what, what Dawn of the Dead ended up being. And, uh, you know, so I can appreciate th this movie for, for those things, for, you know, Dawn of the Dead is my favorite movie. So uh, I definitely have to give this film credit and... Uh, you know, some of the performances of this movie, like Lynn Lowry does a really good job, and uh, Richard Liberty plays uh, pretty good at being a, uh, <laughs> you know, you'll find out uh, his sick and twisted uh, uh, character and scenario. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really say anything bad about the acting. I thought, I thought it was decent, and... Uh, I think what was the follow-up film after this? I want to say it was a Martin or 
Dawn of the Dead. Now I gotta look it up. It's gonna bother me. Okay, yeah, so it was uh, Martin and then Dawn of the Dead. And Martin is pretty underrated too. I'm sure I'll get to that one uh, one of these days. But, uh, but yeah, as far as like those uh, early 70 films that uh, Romero did, I feel like The Crazies is probably the, the strongest out of the three. I'm sure a lot of people could agree with me. Um, it, for that being said, I did watch Season of the Witch like a year or so ago, and uh, I I didn't really care for it. I don't know if it just you have to have that right little niche to be in to watch, but uh, I wasn't really a big fan. And like, and I'm a big Romero fan. Uh, I guess I just I like more of his horror side of things, you know, like obviously the Dead series, and you know, I can I, I could start naming off a whole bunch. Uh, you know, I'll even add the crazies in there. It's probably not high up on the list for me but you know kind of sound like a broken record but yeah i i can appreciate this film for the things that uh are in it and you know some of the acting and the the story wise i thought was really good um so some of the uh the uh, fun facts about this film uh, the opening scene are uh, Bill Heinzman's kids and he did cinematography in this film and ironically he was in the opening scene of Night of the Living Dead as well so he played the first on screen appearance zombie that you see in Night of the Living Dead uh, I thought it was kind of uh, cool to, to find out that his kids are actually in the opening scene and they are quote-unquote crazy in the film um and uh fun fact george has uh george romero has uh three roles in this film he makes two sort of uh screen appearances uh first being a uh a local being herded into the high school and then the other one, he is the head of the president of the United States. So he, his head is what you see on uh, on the screen as, uh, quote-unquote, the president of the United States that was seen in the monitor screen. And then I believe the other, uh, you know, for his third role in this film, uh, his voice is heard in, uh, uh, I can't remember if it was the, radio broadcast or uh over like the you know over the uh like i yeah i guess like the radio not really radio radio broadcast or like over the um walkie talkie type thing um there were no hollywood stuntman used in the crazies most of the quote-unquote stuntmen were local firemen and licensed firework professionals and they handled all of the uh the action shots and uh even including the creation of the blood squibs 
the burning house that you see at the beginning of the film was uh, sort of uh, by luck. Uh, there was a uh, local fire department that was burning down an older house for practice on putting out a fire. And uh, George and his team uh, asked them if they could film while they were doing it, and they they let them film it. So what a perfect way to get a burning house shot for free, so to speak. Uh, you know, they didn't have to uh, buy a house and then burn it down. It was just, you know, by luck that the firemen were going to be doing that anyways, and they agreed to. So I thought that was uh, very smart budget-wise. And of the three films that uh, of Romero's, actor Richard France only appears one time as an in-person uh, actor, which was The Crazies. So he plays an actual on-screen character, but he's also been in uh, There's Always, or in uh, There's Always Vanilla, and then he was in Dawn of the Dead as, you know, seen on television only, even though his character is pretty iconic. You know, it's he's a memorable role in Dawn of the Dead. But uh, as far as, like, actually in person, his character in person right there, uh, The Crazies is the only role that, that, uh, that he was in that was Romero's. And uh, according to George Romero, there's only uh, one problem that I've read that uh, ever came up with uh, the people of Evans City, where the movie was being sh uh, shot at, was uh, the final scene where Colonel Peckham has to strip down naked and change clothes before getting lifted off into the helicopter. Uh, some of the locals had seen what was being shot and they took offense of seeing a new man outside. And, uh, Romero said that lawyers had to be called in to resolve the issue. Uh, I don't think this is probably an issue that would happen today. Uh, just, you know, because of how many things are, or you know, as, as time went on, things got a little bit more desensitized in, uh, People are a little bit more accepting to things rather than, you know, like the 60s, 70s era. Uh, you know, there's still them people out there that was like, you know, pretty strict by the book, so to speak. And uh, so, you know, I, I would think if this movie was made today and they did a scene like that, I don't think there probably would have been a problem. Sure, there might have been a couple people that would make a little fuss, I guess. But, I mean, nothing really to you know, bring lawyers in and shit. I don't I want to think. Uh, who knows? I could be wrong. I mean, I th <laughs> fucking people are offended by everything these days. So, maybe maybe they would be. I, I really don't care. I'm one of those people that is not easily offended. So... Uh, my point of view is I wouldn't see that being a problem. And also, if if you don't like that kind of shit, why are you even around? Why are you watching? Like, just go about your day if, you know. <laughs> like, goddamn. 
So uh, the actors, the actors in this film, uh, the the top build would be uh, Lane Carroll, who plays Judy in the movie. She's also been in another Romero film called There's Always Vanilla. But she didn't really get to do a, a whole lot. Uh, I think this was probably her biggest role. And then we got Will McMillian, who plays David. He was also in Christmas Evil, Bad Girls, The Enforcer, and uh, Cards of Death. I've never seen it, but uh, he was also the director of that film. We got Harold Wayne Jones, who plays Clank in this. And he's also been in another Romero film called Night Riders from the 80s. You guys remember Night Riders? Motorcycle jousting movie <laughs> with Tom Savini's in that as well. And Ed Harris. And then we got the lovely Lynn Lowry, who... Uh, doesn't really need an introduction, but uh, if you by chance never heard of Lynn Lowry, she's also been in uh, The Crazies remake. She plays a uh, a crazy woman riding a bicycle. If you ever catch catch that scene uh, and you listen to this and you've never heard that before, look out for uh, Lynn in that as like a little cameo. She's also in Cronenberg's Shivers. And the uh, the rabid remake by the Saska sisters, and uh, the Cat People. I drink your blood, and I mean the list the list goes on. She's been in tons of films and tons of horror films and even newer horror films. So if you want to follow Lynn, uh, just look her up and check out all the movies she's been in she's and she's still making movies so uh and a shout out to her because uh she was selling some of her films on twitter and i happened to uh see her post so i reached out to her and she was very nice and uh i bought a couple movies off her signed including this one from arrow video the crazies and then uh the uh beautiful stunning blu-ray from grindhouse releasing uh of i drink your blood so uh shout out to her and uh who knows she might even still have uh some movies for sale signbar so uh hit up her twitter instagram or you know i don't know what else she's on but uh i think she's pretty active on twitter so reach out to her if uh, you're interested in picking up something as well and then how could I talk about the crazies without mentioning uh, Richard Liberty, who, like I said earlier, plays Lynn Lowry's uh, father in this film. And his most iconic role was probably Day of the Dead. But uh, it was cool to see him in this one as well. He's also in Flight of the Navigator, which is a 80s uh, like fantasy family adventure type movie. Uh, Porky's 2 and uh, a few other ones like I'm not really familiar like Miami Super Cops I don't know I've never seen that one and like I mentioned uh, Richard France he was in three Romero films and uh, not really sure what else he did I think this is probably 
his work with Romero is probably the most notable. Then I guess I will, I'll give an honorable mention to A.C. McDonald. He plays General Bowen in this film. And he also played in Night of the Living Dead as a zombie. And he also played a posse member. So that's just cool little information. So this movie starts out there in Evans City, Pennsylvania. A man kills his wife and burns down his farmhouse. And uh, the firefighters David and Clank are both Vietnam War veterans. And they're called to the scene. So we see this scene of the firemen getting ready to uh, take this call. And uh, David's pregnant girlfriend is a nurse. Her name's Judy. And she's called to the doctor's office while they're in bed. Uh, they they almost don't want to get up from bed. But uh, uh, she's forced to take the call. And, you know, obviously she's forced to the doctor's office because there is some shit going down. Uh, there were two kids there that... Uh, of of the arsonists who burned down the house, they're being treated for burns, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, a bunch of U.S. troops, led by Major Ryder, uh, stormed the uh, doctor's office, and uh, the doctor is just kind of like, you know, what the hell is going on? And uh, they finally explain to the doctor what is going on that days earlier an army plane carried a bioweapon that had crash landed near the town that infected the water supply with a virus named codenamed Trixie which is highly contagious and causes victims to either die or become hysterical and homicidally insane the government officials send Colonel Peckham and Dr. Watts who worked on the creation of the virus to Evans City to contain the virus and work towards a cure. And uh, so by that time, uh, they declared martial law in Evans City, and this is where they quarantined the town. And uh, the army soldiers are pretty much evacuating the town to the uh, the high school. So they're trying to uh, go home to home find out if they're infected or not and they uh pretty much make them go to the to the school and anyone that uh i guess didn't want to comply they they would shoot them or if they tried to run away uh they were uh forced to shoot these people and uh there were bombers armed with uh, heavy artillery that was uh, ready to dispatch and destroy the town if they had to. So uh, the military wasn't fucking around when it came to this. Um, but uh, David and Judy and Clank um, end up teaming together and they try to escape the town. They run into a teenager named Kathy and her father Artie and uh 
they all try to escape the town. But after spending the night hiding in a country club, the group attempts to escape through the woods and uh, eluding some soldiers that uh, that were above on the helicopter and then some ground troops that were kind of combing the the forest or the woods. And uh, they pretty much uh, take care of some of these soldiers in a house. And uh, they were just kind of sitting around not being on guard. So they were easy to apprehend. And one of the soldiers discloses that uh, he knows about the virus. And he tells what the virus is to David. But... uh, before they can get too much information, uh, one of the soldiers reaches for his gun, and that's when Clank opens fire and kills both of them. So then later on, David uh, talks to Judy and tells her what he knows about the virus that he had gotten out of the soldiers, and he tells Kathy and Artie, And then he tells her about uh, Kathy, Artie, and possibly Clank are infected as well because they're starting to show symptoms of this crazy virus. So around the same time as this is going on, um, Artie, the dad, is... uh, trying to uh have sex with his own daughter kathy and uh clank intervenes and beats him up for attempting that which uh good on fucking clank because you know that's that's pretty gross and uh i don't know if that was part of the 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 crazy virus getting to him to make him do something crazy like that or if um he kind of was like that before I, I i'm not sure and uh but uh so after that Artie ends up killing himself by hanging and so uh Kathy wanders outside and she is struck by the soldiers. They shoot her. And uh, this is where we kind of get this uh, classic scene of uh, Lynn Lowry's line saying, oh, and then falling to her death. Uh, It was just. All it took was one word, but it was very memorable in her final moments. And uh it it was sad to see to see her go. Um <laughs> uh, So we end up where uh Clank is realizing that he's infected. He's slowly getting infected. So he kinda goes on a rampage and kills several soldiers. To give David and Judy time to escape. And uh, 
so this is ultimately where he gets shot and killed um the next day uh judy is now infected and uh she is killed by some armed civilians so uh shortly after seeing that this had happened uh david surrenders to the military and he's being taken to uh the high school and this is where he finds out that he's immune to the virus but he keeps he keeps that information to himself back uh but back at the hospital, or not the hospital, but at the high school, Dr. Watts does develop a possible cure for this virus. So when he tries to take the sample to Peckham and Ryder, he is killed and the samples are destroyed in the stampede of infected townspeople. So it was such a heartbreaking scene to see in such a, uh, in such a way because you think that wow okay he has the cure i mean this you know this is the this is the end like he's gonna make the fucking cure and you know and then everything will go back to normal well doesn't turn out that way the soldiers think that he is a infected person and shoot and shot and killed him and uh so they screw themselves over and so this movie sort of comes t towards the end where uh, Colonel Packham is just kind of feeling defeated in Evans City. And uh, he's ordered to relocate to Louisville because uh, symptoms of the virus were being reported there. So he's just kind of hitting the road and going to the next location because... Uh, this place is uh, getting overran, and they don't have the cure yet. So it kind of kind of leaves it hanging to where um, was there a sequel lined up? I don't know, but uh, I kind of like this ending that kind of left you thinking and not trying to make a series out of this. I kind of like how they how he did like a, a one and done film, um, but as as history uh, comes along, there was a remake made in 2010 that uh, I thought was okay. I'm not really sure if it did well or not, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was an okay movie. I wouldn't think it was a masterpiece by by any means. Uh, I I would rather watch uh, this version, but. Uh, from what I remember, it was it was okay. It was nothing to uh, to rave about. But that's the crazies. Uh, did you guys like this film? Uh, I thought it was okay. Like I've said, not my favorite Romero film by any means, but it's definitely not his worst. I got a uh, few episodes lined up. Uh, for my winter horror film, I'm going to be talking about The Chill Factor, or also known as Demon Possessed. That'll be coming up. I just got the Arrow Video uh, Blu-ray of that, and I've been wanting to watch it, and uh, I thought this was my perfect time. And, uh, some of my uh, 
guest uh, appearances are kind of slowing down so I I'm gonna be able to dive more into the uh, solo episodes I guess if you will where I can just talk about a specific movie or um, I do want to start doing episodes where I just kind of do little movie reviews and maybe talk about multiple movies uh, so that that'll be coming pretty soon I actually got uh, a handful of uh, filmmakers that have sent me uh, copies of some of their movies that they want me to do reviews on so I think that'll be a perfect time to uh, to talk about some of those and let you know my thoughts on them uh, and uh, where you can even watch the movie if it's if it's being released or uh, just kind of give you more info on where you can find it uh, when it's coming out if I have that information just you know uh, basic <clears throat> basic information like that <coughs> you know for like the root horror music corner I have gotten uh, a hold of some bands and with their style of music uh, I I have a few movies picked out that I think would go perfect uh, to coincide with with their music so um, as an addition to the chill factor I'll be talking about zombie 3 and uh, the toxic Avenger for sure so uh, if you guys like those films stay tuned for for that episode those will be coming uh, fairly shortly I guess like I, I don't want to give you an exact time frame but those are coming and uh, hope you guys dig those I chose zombie 3 because that one I feel like doesn't get talked about a whole lot uh, the obvious choice would have been zombie Lucio Fulci zombie but uh, I feel like I should talk about his uh, zombie 3 it was the the film that he had started working on but then became pretty ill and so he handed it off to uh, I want to say like Bruno Mattei and uh, Claudio Fragasso uh, but yeah that one uh, should be a fun episode I I can't wait to revisit that one it's been it's been several years since I've watched it so uh, <laughs> I probably won't ever do a full episode on zombie 5 just because that's my least favorite one sure there's maybe a couple interesting scenes but for the most part i i don't really care for that film but uh zombie 3 possibly solid out of three four and five i'll have to rewatch four as well it's, it's been a while i think that was a little hit or miss but uh nonetheless zombie 3 should be fun to talk about Uh, I want to mention, uh, go check out SOVHorror.com, and uh, they're selling uh, quite a bit of movies. They just released 
one called Horror Girl that looks pretty awesome. Uh, the cover is uh, has some nudity on it, so I can't really show you the cover of the film, but uh, the artwork the artwork looks really awesome actually. So uh, go over to sovhorror.com and uh, check out their movie reviews. And uh, I had Tony Masiello who runs SOV Horror. Uh, I had him on the show, so if you guys haven't checked out the episode, uh, I forgot what episode it was, but uh, just look up the episode that says SOV Horror with Tony Masiello. That one is actually a pretty popular episode, so go check it out if you want to hear more about what SOV Horror is. That's a great episode to start off with if you want to get into the shot on video type uh, films. But... He's also got uh, tons of movies for sale and merchandise over there. So go check out his releases. He's got tons of releases that you won't really find anywhere else. They're really rare and obscure titles. Uh, one I have yet to pick up, but I need to, is ne- is Metal Noir. Noir. Metal Noir. And that was one of those long lost movies that was made in 19... 19- I believe it was made in 1990 that had never been released until now from SOB Horror. So go check it out and uh, let me know what you pick up. want to mention Paul Bear Press. They're a horror clothing company that sells awesome t-shirts, hats, patches, tapestries, uh, collectibles, figures, uh, tons of stuff. Uh, their quality of t-shirts and uh, other clothing apparel related stuff is just awesome awesome quality I uh, shop there all the time and uh, I'm never disappointed by any order I get they they deliver with my expectations 100% all the time so go check out paulbearpress.com for more info on what they have and uh, check out their great selection. Want to mention Midwest Monster Fest is a horror and pop culture convention that'll be taking place at the Rust Belt in East Moline, September 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Uh, there's gonna be tons of celebrities, vendors, uh, contests. Uh, celebrity panels talking about the films that they worked on and uh, Midwest Monster Film Fest will be there where uh, you can watch films that have been have been submitted to the film festival and if you're a film maker that has a film that that you want shown to uh, the world and hopefully win some awards at Midwest Monster Fest go to MidwestMonsterFest.com and find out how you can submit your movie. And for other info and ticket sales, go to MidwestMonsterFest.com. And lastly, before uh, I get to the last segment of the show, I just want to let you know that you can follow the Rude Horror Podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Rude Horror Podcast. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Rude Horror Pod. You can also email me at rudehorror at gmail.com. And again, rudehorror 
at gmail.com for if you are a band or artist that want to be featured on my show send me an email and we will talk there and uh, I will see about getting your music played on the show to get more publicity and just more ears uh, out there to listen to your music and who knows you could be the listeners next favorite band so email me at rudehorrorgmail.com and we will talk there if you'd like to be a supporter for the podcast that'll uh just help the show um grow over time you can donate over at anchor.fm for slash root horror podcast and uh become a supporter there you can uh donate up to at least a dollar a month that helps the show keep running i'd greatly appreciate it but uh that's about it moving on to uh the rude horror music corner like i'd mentioned at the beginning of the show beverly bremers uh gave me permission to use her song heaven help us so thank you so much beverly uh that was very nice of you to let me use your song in this episode and how fittingly the episode of the crazies so i thought it was only right to play heaven help us to sign off on the show thank you all listening thank you all for listening i really appreciate everyone who listens to the show regularly Uh, it really means a lot to me and uh i'm always open to suggestions on different topics to talk about i might try to do some more live videos pretty soon and uh just to be able to talk to everybody and uh and talk about upcoming releases and uh whatever else that trips our triggers but uh anyways thank you all so much for listening here is Heaven Help Us by Beverly Bramers. Enjoy. And after the song, go watch a horror movie and stay tuned for the next Root Horror Podcast episode.
episode before it finally ends um beverly bremers wanted to let everyone know that she's very grateful for everyone's interest in her after all these years and to check out her website at beverlybremers.com or you can also check out her youtube page at beverly bremers page thank you all for listening hope you enjoyed the episode